0: Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have an excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts, and it's time for you as Americans to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to this edition of Blacks and Whites and we have a very special guest who's involved in a very important project. Her name is Alicia Miller and she's the executive director of Our Mother's Home. Welcome.
1: Hi, Dan. thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Uh, I've been wanting to find somebody like you for a, a long time, and you have a very unique program that you're running. Tell my audience about Our Mother's Home.
1: We do. Our Mother's Home is a local nonprofit to the South Florida area that's been here for 23 years, and we are one of a kind. We are a maternity group home, and uh, and we're licensed by DCF, so basically, if a teen girl in the foster care system becomes pregnant, which they are 30% more likely than a quote-unquote normal teen girl to become pregnant, they uh, no longer have a place to stay. Usually they're in a foster home, and that foster home normally does not want a child that's pregnant or with a baby, and sometimes it's not that they don't want it as much as they aren't licensed for a baby. And then uh, any group home that's licensed by DCF, it has to have a special maternity category to it. So if they're in a regular group home, they can't stay there while they're pregnant. So we are the only one in Southwest Florida, from here to Tampa, Miami, that's licensed by DCF. And we take in girls ages 11 to 18, and they are pregnant or they have a child under the age of five.
0: When we talked originally, when you told me 11 to 18, I I was shocked at age 11. Yes. And, and do you have any idea how many children who are having children at the age of 11 or 12 that have been through your facility?
1: Thankfully, not too many. Um, I've been here for two years. And in my time frame, we've had one. We have one currently. Um, and then the next youngest age I've seen is 14. Now, um, we currently have a resident who came to us last year when she was 11. She had just given birth, and she left for a little bit trying to um, just kind of figure out what was going on in her life most of the time, and definitely in this case, it was not a chosen pregnancy. Um, It was not something that she was doing on her own accord. Um, It was happening at home uh, without her... Uh, was a roommate of a mom, of her mom. So nobody knew what was going on. And she actually didn't even know what being pregnant meant. She uh, had no idea. She was a larger, she is a a little bit bigger and she gave birth on her bathroom floor because she had no idea she was pregnant. And we took her straight from the hospital and the baby. Uh, There was a brief period of time where they weren't really sure if she was going to keep the baby. You know, she just really, it was a lot of, things to process. So flash forward a year later and she is actively working a case plan and trying to still decide if she wants to be a mom, but she's she's doing the best that she can and she's with us right now. She she just turned 13 and her son is 19 months.
0: I, I don't want to sound uh, uh, critical. I, I just, I'm still having a difficulty getting my head around an eleven year old child. I have a granddaughter who's fifteen. Mm-hmm.
1: I have and a twelve year old daughter,
0: and I have another granddaughter who is ten. i And I love both of them tremendously. But I cannot imagine my ten year old granddaughter who's going to be eleven soon. No. first of all, being pregnant and second of all, trying to make the decision that she wants to raise the child.
1: yes, it's what am been I a missing? really well, You know, there's a lot of factors that come in play. um, And something that you and I might be missing um, would be a cultural aspect. It's a Hispanic family from Immaculi, which is a large portion of our residents. And they have a completely different cultural approach to life and feelings on that. And um, while the baby was not intentional and the choice was not. Hers, The family still very much thinks that she should keep the baby and take care of the baby. And she struggles with that because she doesn't always feel that way, but she gets a lot of pressure from her family to do what she feels she's supposed to be doing.
0: Does she get any help from the family of taking care of the child?
1: No, she lives with us full time. She's been completely removed from the family. She does get visitation but um she's yeah we are really her main support right now and because she's so young she's welcome to stay with us until she's 18 we don't know what that looks like yet because we're just trying to kind of really focus on her emotionally and watching her grow so she's she's just kind of learning as we go
0: sure is is she a candidate or a young girl who would give the baby up for adoption
1: She is, yeah. So this is a unique situation. Most of the time, so the reason our mother's home was created by a woman named Helen Coppage back in um, 1994, she came up with the idea because her and her husband were foster parents to many teenagers over the years. And every now and then they had a teenager that became pregnant. And at that time, there was no place for these teen girls to go. Um, with their baby. So almost every time the baby was separated at birth from the mom automatically. Um, If the girl was in foster care, they just kind of believed there's no way she can take care of a baby. She's, you know, she's kind of a product of the state. So we will take the baby and then put that baby in foster care as well. So she created this home because she wanted those uh, young women to be able to stay with their baby if they wanted. So 99% of the time, these girls have cut of their own baby and we're here to just support them. And our mission is geared towards the moms and we give them um, life skills. We require that they take parenting classes. We require that they are in school of some sort and we support them financially and help them grow and become better moms. This situation is unique in that we actually have custody of the mom and the baby, which has only happened one other time since I've been here. And so um, it's a little bit extra level of care and caution, making sure that she's learning, but also making sure the baby's safe in our care while she learns.
0: So um, tell us about your facility.
1: So we were built um, in 2000 for this purpose. So it's a very unique building and it's a half office, half home. It's about 5,000 square feet. And when you walk in the front door, it looks just like an office building with a front desk and a lobby and everything like that. And then you go down the hallway a little bit and there's another door. And when you open that, it turns into a home. People are often surprised when they take a tour here of how much like a regular home it feels like. And it is five bedrooms, five baths, living room, dining room, kitchen, play area, and the girls, I mean, it is their home. So they do everything a normal home would do. They have chores, they clean, they cook. Um, we have family style dinner and they each, they share a bedroom and they eat, um two girls to one bathroom. So they're responsible for keeping their room clean, their bathrooms clean. And then out back, they have a big playground area and a little baby pool. The babies have been out back lately with the summertime popsicles and playing in the pool.
0: So if a young lady comes there and, And she has to leave at 18?
1: So right now, um, she does have to leave at 18, and that is not necessarily because of our choice. Uh, When they hired me, that was the mission, was to expand our services and take us to the next level. So that was really the goal when I was hired. Because we are licensed by DCF, they do not allow anybody over the age of 18 to what they call reside or intermingle with a, with a minor. So if a two 17-year-olds are sharing a room, when she turns 18, they can't share a room anymore. They aren't supposed to be sharing a living space. They're not supposed to be eating dinner together because one's an adult and one's a minor, even if it's 18 and 17. So we actually have a new building that we are working on and remodeling. And um, so currently when they're 18, they do uh, have to leave us. But um, this new building, there's an entire upstairs with three bedrooms, two baths, a living room, laundry, kitchen, and then they'll be able to transition because we recognize, we have recognized for some time that when they're 18, just like any normal 18-year-old, they're not necessarily ready to just go off on their own and be completely self-sufficient. So we want to help them transition slowly.
0: It's probably the wrong word that I'm going to use, but I'll use it anyway. I think you'll understand what I am saying. If you came into that center at 14 and you have to leave at 18, that's four years or 25, 30% of your entire life you spend in your facility. Is there is there a withdrawal problem of leaving the security of the home?
1: That's something that we're trying to track um, and be a little bit better about. You know, for 23 years, we've been able to say we've helped so many moms and we've done all these things, but then we really don't have, in my opinion, a strong enough record to show What they're doing beyond that because when they leave they don't have to contact us again we do get girls that reach out to us and say i used to live there i was so thankful for you guys um but what i'm sure when they leave there is a withdrawal period especially for some of our residents we have a resident that's been with us for five years her baby was born here um so she does not you know when she's getting ready to leave but she will be at the end of the summer We are a little bit fearful of what will happen um, because she's never really had to do anything on her own. But that that is why we have a case manager, why we have them apply for jobs, why we have them stay in school, so that they can—that's the goal—to help them become independent.
0: So you you have a program that helps them face that ultimate decision at eighteen that they have to leave and Mm -hmm. they have to go out on their own.
1: Oh yeah, and we would never just. While they don't necessarily have the ability to live here right now, we would never just say, okay, you're 18, goodbye, see you later. Um, They can call us anytime. I just actually last weekend brought diapers and clothing and wipes to one of our former residents who is unfortunately pregnant again, but she is okay. She just still needed a little bit of help. So we're still providing things for them when they leave, if they need help.
0: What is the typical stay, how long?
1: The average stay I would say is about eight months. However, we, I mean, it really ranges from um, anything from just a couple of weeks to like I said, five years.
0: We've been talking and having a very interesting conversation about a very important subject and that is providing care for young girls or children, by description, uh, 11, 12 year olds who find themselves in a pregnancy position. And uh, we've been talking to Alicia Miller. How can people follow what you do?
1: We are on social media. Our main social media outlet is Facebook. And that seems to be the demographic that we reach the most. But we are always posting stories, pictures, videos of the moms and babies, um, sharing the outings that they're going on and a little bit of information about us. And then also our website, ourmothershome.org has all of our background or history, our board of directors and some success stories and photos there as well.
0: We'll be right back with Alicia. Welcome back. We're talking to Alicia Miller, who's the executive director of an unusual project here in Southwest Florida, maybe the only one in Southwest Florida, Our Mother's Home. Um, When we went to the break, we were talking about Young women, uh, as as young as 11, uh, we were talking about the transition of getting ready to leave your facility and to go out on their own. But we didn't talk hardly at all last time, so let's do it this time. What's the typical day? What are the responsibilities of a mother in your program?
1: So we try very hard to do two things. One, create normalcy. Um, I myself have two teenagers at home, so it's interesting to kind of go back and forth, but I try to keep that in mind and think anything that we request of the moms here is not anything that I wouldn't request of my own children or wouldn't expect from my own children and vice versa. But um, also, we want to make sure that when they leave here, they have enough life skills and independent skills to be able to sustain because the whole point of our mission is to break that generational cycle So the last thing we want is for these babies of the moms to end up in the foster care system like they have. And that um, happens quite often just in that generational repetitive cycle. So on a normal day when we're not in the summertime, they are up by 6 a.m. They're getting themselves ready. Yeah, oh yeah, they're early. Um, They get themselves ready. They have to get their babies ready for school completely on their own. Um, They put on their backpacks. Sometimes the toddlers have these little baby backpacks that are very cute and then we partner with the school district of lee county and all of our girls attend the young parent education program it used to be called LAMP; they changed the name this year but they get on the bus together with the babies there's car seats on the bus and they are taken to school and in that school um, the school is a lot more flexible it's very small and it's full of girls from all over the school district who are pregnant or have a child And they can continue their education, they get a normal high school diploma, but the classes are much smaller and they do all have an educational class for parenting specifically so that they can learn how to improve their skills. And then next door is actually a daycare where their babies attend and they're able to go in and check on them. If they're a nursing mom, they can leave class and nurse regularly. Um, It's just a great way for them to bond and also kind of stay on top of their mom mom skills and their education skills. And then they come home, they do their homework. Uh, We have family style dinners and they trade off. Every resident has one night of the week that they're required to cook. Uh, We provide the food, the recipe, our staff helps them. So they're learning how to cook as well. And then after dinner, they have chores and they do their bath times with the babies and bedtimes. And then they kind of do that all over again. But it's normal in that they're doing a teen lifestyle of school, but then they're also doing normal mom stuff as well. So they, they have a lot going on and you know whether they've I, um, they were pregnant willingly or intentionally or not, they, they have a lot going on in the plate.
0: So as it relates to their education, is there a curriculum similar to what they might see in the public school that they're being taught?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they are. They so they attend a public school, a Lee County School District public school. Um, It's just a smaller scale. So instead of having 25 kids in one classroom, there's usually more like seven or eight. And uh, especially if they're pregnant, you know, that can be a difficult time if they're going to a normal public school with Mm -hmm. some sort of teasing. And sometimes teachers just aren't understanding what they're going through. So going to the school that they go to, there's a lot more understanding going on when they're pregnant, Uh, specifically, you know, towards the end of pregnancy, you have doctor's appointments every single week that you have to go to make sure the baby's doing well and is healthy. And a normal school might not understand that you're missing class for that each week, but this school that they attend understands that, lets them make up the work, or gives it to them ahead of time, simple things like that.
0: So the curriculum is designed to not only teach them the life skills, but to give them a decent education.
1: Yes, so we have residents that get their normal high school diploma. um, We just had a resident this past spring, um, last month graduate. She got her diploma. And she's very excited. She's actually enrolled in the Fort Myers Technical School, and she wants to be an, uh, a mechanic. So she's in the automotive program that she's going to start in the fall, and she's very excited about it.
0: You mentioned the the fact that the the, the girls or young women uh, attend this school. Uh, it's not a classic. It's not in a classic school building in the sense. They're not in with hundreds and hundreds of other students. They're on their they're in a, a facility that deals with them and their special needs.
1: Mm-hmm. It's about sixty girls in the school, and I say girls, they actually just this past year opened it up to fathers as well. So they're trying to encourage the dads to get involved and not put it all on the moms. Um, we don't have any fathers that attend there from our home, but uh, I did hear that there were two boys there this year.
0: So if if you have what did you say you had eight currently in your facility?
1: We are licensed for ten. We typically don't go over eight because of our current building size. Our new building uh, does have ten bedrooms, and then right now we have five.
0: Okay. So when when a, a a young woman comes to you and she's bringing her baby or she's pregnant, going to have the baby, are 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 we talking about a situation where um, you mentioned that uh, some of them have jobs. Mm-hmm. Is there who takes care of the baby while mom's at work?
1: So our mother's home does that. We, uh, we we require our girls to get their education, and that can be via typical high school or if they come to us and they've already dropped out or they're so far behind, then we'll sign them up for GED classes, and we ensure that they are working towards their GED. Um, if they've completely graduated already um, and they've come to us then we do require that they work a minimum of 20 hours per week some of them are in high school and just like a normal kid they want to work they want extra spending money and so in order for them to have a job if they're in high school we have them we um, have a rule a house rule that they have an average of a B's and C's on the report card okay. so in order to keep their job like I said it's um, we model it very simple compared to how most parents would, you know, if you want to work, got to get good grades. And that's how that works. But um, they'll continue working and um, going to school. And usually, we will take them to and from their job. Sometimes we have situations where their jobs are particular times We have a resident who works overnight shift. So we'll provide bus passes and making sure that they get to and from the bus stop safely. And then while they're at work or while they're at school, we will provide child care. We don't provide childcare any other time, except for um, exceptions like our activities that we have planned, or we'll do a mom's night out once a month and we'll babysit. But we are not a daycare facility. We are not. Our mission is to empower these moms and we want them to know what real life is like. And unfortunately, real life does not have a babysitter all the time waiting for you to do whatever you want to do.
0: Right so when you when you bring in a a mother and and a child and you require her to, if she isn't, finish her education to finish her education, mm-hmm. and you said that uh, you you have a maximum of eight that you take in. I don't know how many of the eight are going to school, but if they're going to a school that you mentioned earlier that has sixty students, what's the interface between your clients and the other? 52. What, what, where, where are they?
1: They are just, I want to say, normal teen girls that somehow got pregnant. Um, I actually used to be a high school teacher in my past life, and I was at a local high school here. And, you know, I had a, two students that I can recall that became pregnant while I was teaching. And um, they both chose to go to this school. It's called LAMP. And they usually will go there just during their pregnancy, just to kind of avoid some of the awkward situations that might happen in a regular school. And then they can come back and go to their normal school after they've had the baby. Or sometimes, like our girls, they choose to stay there the whole time and they can get a normal diploma from that school.
0: But I I guess what I'm looking for is, have you ever had a situation of animosity of the 52 to the eight?
1: No, I think um, they're all mixed in. And unless they choose to say that they're a resident at our mother's home, there's really no reason that some of those girls would even know that these girls are in the foster care system. I think, thankfully, girls like this tend to bond together more than against each other. Really, they're all in the same boat. They're all young, and they all have a baby, and they're going through this together. So thankfully, they form friendships more than Uh, animosity towards each other
0: the 52 that are not part of your program that go to school do they uh are they in the foster care system or is there something else
1: no they're just probably at home with their families Mm -hmm.
0: okay um so you mentioned you're building a new building Mm -hmm. uh it's is the plan has been drawn up
1: we actually purchased a uh, a building that already exists and it's being renovated, So we purchased it outright in March of 2022. Um, two. So it's been just over a year and it was vacant since Hurricane Irma. Um, so it was vacant for five years and we have been slowly remodeling it. We had a little bit of a setback with Hurricane Ian, had some damage and some funding um, reallocated, but it is completely gutted. It just got a new roof and we're going to start really full steam ahead next month. We've already got all the permitting, the plans, we've got our contractor, everything's ready to go.
0: And you said that we'll have 10 bedrooms? Mm-hmm. So between the two buildings, you'll be able to take 18? We are
1: actually going to sell this location and move completely into the other one. Oh. And um, in addition to the five extra bedrooms, we also will have a community pantry for young moms in the area that just need supplies for themselves and their babies, but have a place to live. And we'll have a community education room where we can offer classes like budgeting, um, life skills, uh, lactation, anything like that, that anyone from the community can come and take for free, not just those that live with us. So we're really just trying to expand our services to more young parents in the area.
0: When do you think it'll be ready?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. That's the million dollar question. The goal is by the end of this year.
0: And how do you get your funding?
1: We are 40% funded by DCF, the Department of Children and Families. And then the rest of it comes from grants and donations.
0: Okay. How do people make grants and donations to your program?
1: Uh, If they know of a grant that we don't know that we don't currently receive, please, they can email me. My email is on our website at ourmothershome.org and I can apply. If they're interested in donating, they can donate at our website or they're always welcome to send me an email or call and I can give them a tour of the building and really go through our services and they can figure out what kind of donation works best for them.
0: Super, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking with uh, Allison Miller, who is the executive director of Our Mother's Home here in Fort Myers. You're doing uh, the Lord's work and um, I know you're not religious, but I can say that because I am religious.
1: Oh no, it's okay.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Dan, I appreciate it.
0: We'll be right back. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend when necessary our constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, We want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to BWRadioNetwork.com. That's BWRadioNetwork.com. And give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.